Now tuning in to Earbud Media, audio for everyone. Semantics. Um, that's with pretentious <laughs> folks. That's our podcast. That's true. <laughs> that's fair. Okay, I know I say this about every like two months or so. Yeah. But one day, one day when we have someone that loves us and also is good at editing skills that isn't Cody, <laughs> someone will make a super cut of us saying all of the welcome to Into This. Oh, and God. Yeah. It's just that will be our new trailer. I think. Yeah, that's all you need to know about this podcast. Because I know there are so many of them. Anyway, what's up, man? How are you? Anyway, welcome to Into the Twilight. I'm doing great. I, first of all, everyone that's listening, I just want to say right off the bat that you're welcome. (laughs) You might be asking, Allie, it's Monday morning. I am grateful to be alive and well, um, but what? Am, why am I thankful to you? And I will tell you, lovely listener, um, that almost three years ago now, okay, about two and a half years ago, let's be honest, um, Cody and I brought this podcast into the world, and when we did that, we ushered in the Twilight Renaissance. Single-handedly. <laughs> we did it on our own. And what I've noticed about that is it became kind of a a whisper change effect Mm -hmm. at first. Um, The butterfly effect was small and it was, it was measurable, but it was light. And now it's gotten to the point where it's just so in your face with the fact that the Jonas Brothers are back. (laughs) I just, we are here and we are back in 2008. Do you think that we had something to do with the Jonas Brothers coming back? Is that what you're trying to say? Uh, well, obviously. <laughs> I. So what I'm saying is you're welcome. And, you know, we do this work for you. But yeah. also, if you do want to, you know, we have a tip jar. It's called Patreon. Just send us our way. You know, like, we will keep making this happen. Do you want LMFAO back? I don't know if you do, but I think it's on its way, given the Are we ready we for that? <laughs> I don't know if we are. Are you ready for them to tell you that they'll, you know, fuck up your boyfriend? Because, you know, they got beef. You know? Are you ready for that again? I don't know. I thought we all agreed that 2009 was, like, not great for most things. (laughs) Why are we trying to... But, like, the neon nail polish is back. (laughs) So what's happening is my question. Anyway, Cody, how the hell are you doing? I'm all right. Uh, my my tummy's full of curry, and that's great for I me love that. personally. Yeah, <laughs> we made it through the election, sort of. So we're doing it. We're doing good. That's good. What are you drinking right now? I got a water. That's on good. My, on my nights, my nightstand. That's good. Stay hydrated. Get some hydration. Yeah, of course. Of course. That's very good. Clink clink. clink. <laughs> Just cheers. Cheers. Clink clink, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Happy Monday morning. Stay hydrated. Yeah, good morning, everyone. I know 
that most of our listeners are from the U.S. Yeah. Just because I'm watching all of you at all times. I'm Tom this whole time. Um, but it is wild to me that there are people that listen to this podcast that it isn't morning when this podcast comes out for them. Yeah, that's fun. Let's talk about time really quick. <laughs> Allie, I thought you, we made, like, a boundary here. That That's true. If you're talking about time, we'll make you spiral. That's true. It does, it does break me a little bit inside every time that we do it. <clears throat> do you know what doesn't break me? Ooh. It's talking about Twilight. It just brings yeah. me joy. Makes me happy. Um, I found myself having difficulty falling asleep a couple of days ago. And I just ended up watching Twilight fan videos. Why? Good question. Not entirely sure. But it just brought me joy. And so that's where I was at. Listen, we're all trying to just make it through this cruel world. We have some, you know, we have our current events section. But we actually have, like, topical current events, which doesn't usually happen. Yeah, can you believe that our podcast is relevant? <laughs> so I don't want to shock you all. Um, but the, the Oscars did happen. Yes. Um, and our dear friend to the show, Rami Malek. <laughs> Personal uh, <laughs> friend of the pod. <laughs> family friend, <clears throat> Rami Malek, won, you know, an Oscar for just, Cody, when you're editing this, just, <laughs> yeah, Cody, when you're editing this, just bleep it out as if I've said an unspeakable word. Um, <clears throat> and so he's won an Oscar now, right? And so... Yeah. What we found is that there is an article that is now posted talking about this and what it means for the fact that the Twilight Saga now has an an Academy Award winning cast. And what I loved about watching the Oscars is that a lot of people forgot that Robbie Malik was in Twilight until that moment. And it was beautiful. Do you want to talk about what you contributed to our Twitter during that time? <laughs> well, it wasn't a me contribution per se. It was an um, earbud media contribution, I should right, say. Right, it was a family contribution. Uh, Shayna of Charmed a Spellcast, which is a God bless. media show about Charmed, which is great, was watching <clears throat> the Oscars and <laughs> took, a, took like a Snapchat, <clears throat> Instagram story pic or whatever of... Rami Malek accepting his award and just said, congrats on your Oscar for Breaking Dawn Part 2. <laughs> and it it's was It's just great. so good. Yeah. Um, this is just a personal note to our family friend, our Charmed podcast that I love so much. Not better or anything, but when you all going to get me on? Because uh, <laughs> I've been talking about that for years now. Ali's <laughs> so. an expert. I'm No joke. I'm pretty sure... Correct me if I'm wrong, Cody, but, like, when we were fucking piloting this, I'm pretty sure we were, like, charmed? Yeah. No, we should do Twilight. (laughs) It was on the table, though. Can you Um, imagine? I do like that this piece was written by Kate Hudson, so I'm glad to know that she is... (laughs) Listen, I can't... On that celebrity beat. (laughs) So it's tagged celebrity... In this magazine, which is Pajiba, if I'm not mistaken. But it's literally by the author Kate Hudson. And I just, (laughs) like, what? (laughs) Miss Hudson, ma'am. Yeah. And Miss Hudson goes wild in this piece because she just, like, (laughs) goes through fun little facts and, like, favorite memories from Twilight. Yes. One of them is... (laughs) 
Bella wakes up as a vampire after having her no longer a virgin vampire husband literally give her a cesarean with his teeth and full face of makeup out of nowhere. And it's, Kate, come on the podcast. That's all we said. <laughs> our whole shit. Ms. Hudson, please let us know your people. We will talk to them and figure it yeah. out. Um, if you can, though, find this link, if only for the images on this actual piece because there are great twilight gifts there are great twilight stills it's it's a beautiful collage of things that i love so much and then there's a photo of robert pattinson (laughs) he looks constipated he's just like now hold on a minute wait he looks like he hasn't shit in three weeks i mean same so i get it pained about it yeah Ironically enough, I'm so glad you brought this up, Cody. This week's sponsor is actually Metamucil. So, hey, oh folks. My God. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a game changer for me. Shout out to Big Pharma for just sponsoring the pod. If I could just get some free fiber in my life. Um, <laughs> just saying. Um, <laughs> the next thing that we have is a piece from Insider. Ooh. Again, some awful stills of our boys. Cursed stills. The reason why I selected this one is because of the title. And the title says, years later, Team Edward versus Team Jacob remains the most divisive issue of our time. (laughs) Fuck politics. (laughs) Fuck our whole political landscape right now. Are you Team Edward or Team Jacob? (laughs) Yep. Yep. It is breaking families apart. (laughs) It is ruining the economy. Nobody can get on the same side. I love the fact that it's, this was in fact written in the year of our Lord 2019 and not in 2008. Because wow, is all I have to say. I love the idea that now, and I I don't know why I didn't do this when I was still on like dating apps, but I should have just put Team Edward or Team Jacob honestly, on there. Um, Because if I'm being, like, I do want to know people's opinions, and it will tell me a lot about you. Yeah. Because when you respond, Team Rosalie, like, I'll know. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you'll have made the right choice. It's a bad signal that (laughs) that Allie gets. Yes, exactly. This, okay, so I want to talk about this survey real quick. Please do. Because it's, so they did this for this larger, like, great American personality test, and it was one of the, like, many questions of this survey. Um, and so they had almost 9,000 responses. All of them are. In, in America. Yeah, and they were all alley on different laptops. <laughs> all of my personalities. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so it said 22% pe- said Team Edward, 18% Jacob, and 60 said they did not know or had no opinion. <laughs> <laughs> the most divisive, folks. And I hope that means just Christmas Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, they didn't have, like, an other option on there. Yeah. And, like, and they say that makes sense, at least, because only 30% of the people that actually filled out that survey were, like, millennials or Gen Z. Yeah. So if you were older and didn't really care about Twilight, then you'd probably be like, fuck this, what? <laughs> what does this mean? <laughs> right, exactly. I am very interested in this overall survey that they have 
but I do really appreciate that in this overall personality test that they have, this mm-hmm. is one of the questions that they include. Yeah, of course. And I appreciate that, and I respect it. <sighs> wow. Who knew? Did Stephanie Meyer knew? No. Like, did she expect? I don't think she did. <laughs> this was her legacy. Oh my god, speaking of legacies. Okay, so <laughs> the last thing that we need to talk about today is from, you know... Family to the pod, favorite of the pod, is Broadway World, Australia. (laughs) Yes. And I didn't even know that this existed, but there is apparently a musical parody of Fifty Shades, and it is now out in Australia. The thing that I was surprised to learn about this is that it's been around since 2014? Yeah, that's amazing. That's pretty much, like, right off the jump. Right, that's pretty, yeah. <laughs> um, so, a couple of things that I love about this. It's a parody, first of all, which, great, love it. Um, but one of the things they mention in this article is that it has, quote, an enticing mix of laugh-out-loud moments entwined in 12 original songs, such as I don't make love, and there's a hole inside of me (laughs) that draw inspiration from the likes of Gilbert and Sullivan, Les Mis, and (laughs) R&B music. (laughs) Did my brain come up with this? I'm pretty (laughs) sure it did. This is some raw, chaotic energy. There's a lot happening here. And it's the same producer as Bring It On, the musical, which is also something that's amazing. (laughs) That's... Yeah, I did not know that was a thing, and wow. That was a thing. Yeah, it was a thing. But it's apparently right now has a limited season where it's going on in March from the 22nd until April the 7th. But, ooh boy, what I would give to be a Billy on the Street for that one. You know what I mean? (laughs) What demo is going to that? We have a couple of questions today. Both of these come from Taylor Browntown Lawner. Thank you for your hard work in the Marines. Take care of yourself. (laughs) The first question that we received from Taylor reads as such. Do you think that Joe realizes what he's doing to Beck is super toxic and creepy but does it anyway? Or do you think when we're hearing his monologue he genuinely believes that what he's doing is ultimately right? Yeah, I think Joe has no sense of what the the impacts of what he's doing. Agreed. I think it is clear that he is just, like, very disillusioned and, like, from reality. And I don't know, probably maybe stemming from his backstory or or whatever. But, like, he he just doesn't realize that, oh, maybe you shouldn't be following someone around or watching them literally fuck someone from their window outside. Literally. <laughs> Literally. Because <laughs> um, I think he thinks that this is, like, love, right? And this right. is the, the obsession and the adoration and all that stuff. But, like, he can't conceptualize that this is the abuse of behavior. And also very creepy. I agree. I think that when we're listening to this, it is definitely inside his head and him wholeheartedly thinking that what he is doing is the right thing and not having a moment of thinking like 
did I do this wrong? Like, right. is it- It's never his fault. <laughs> no, no, not yeah. at all. To the point where, and I'm starting, I mean, I, I kind of felt this from the beginning, but it's becoming a thing where it's like, Joe just does not understand empathy. No. It's just like, not there. Mm-mm. So, that's gonna be interesting, the way that his actions are kind of playing out. Yeah. So far, and are hinting at- so, at, like, continuing anyways. The second question we have from Taylor Brown is, do you think we're supposed to be rooting for Beck? Because a, because as a character, I kind of hate her. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, that's tough. I mean... I think we're supposed to see her as, like, relatable. Yes, agreed. And she's flawed, and she has problems, but, like... Ultimately, she is trying to do good, or at least by her own means. Um, but God, does she kind of suck. <laughs> She's just yeah rough. Yeah, she makes a lot of mistakes and doesn't really handle things well or does things um, the way she should, or maybe handle things the way she should. One of the things I notice about her, especially in this episode, is it's definitely supposed to be like a, oh, I'm relatable. I'm just an awful millennial who's struggling so hard. Right. But and I just fuck men that I don't know and I don't care about. And exactly. I, you know. I just need to have a first... master's degree. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I'm just so in debt. But I just say that because apparently in practice I'm not. Right. Uh, and also, I'm paying so much for this degree, but I'm not <laughs> doing, doing anything, anything for it. <laughs> well, and that's that's what I was going to say, too, is that, like, we're supposed to feel bad for her, but at every turn, mm-hmm. she's like, oh, I just, I want to write so bad. Yeah. And she just never does it. And I think the thing for me is I don't feel sympathy about that because I personally feel called out because I mm-hmm. also say that of, like... Yeah, I just, I want to write so bad. I want to do that so much. And then I never do it. So like, to me, watching someone else do it, I don't feel sympathy because it's me. (laughs) So it's like, no, I'm not going to feel sympathy for you. But at least right now, I don't feel sympathy for her. No, not really. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I wish she wasn't getting stalked by some dude. (laughs) For real. (laughs) But I also don't wish that on anyone, regardless of if I like them or not. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that me liking her character would necessitate her no. <laughs> uh, deserving that or not. Mm-mm. So, we have our episode today that we watched. Season Ayo. one, episode three, titled Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> With the writer this time being April Blair, who, as I'm sure you know, um, because April Blair has written scripts for Christmas Caper, okay. Private Valentine, Blonde sure. and Dangerous, okay. Lemonade Mouth, okay. Um, and she also co-wrote with a director named Tom Bajuka for the film Monte Carlo, which, as you know, as you know, <laughs> starred Selena Gomez... Leighton Meester, and Katie something, but Wikipedia decided not to show me. Sure. The only one I recognized was Lemonade Mouth, and that's because Haley Kiyoko's in it. <laughs> yep. Fair. Um, so, basically, what I'm saying is, April's done work. Do we know it? Listen. Mm. 
She's done the work. Right. And we're not here to dunk on her. No, 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 no. She's doing the work. No, I just don't know the work. Yeah. And that's a me thing. <laughs> um, so that's what we got going on as far as background stuff here. Uh, what are some of your initial thoughts from this right off the bat? Ugh. Same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, they're trying to get me to like this dude so hard, and I just feel nothing. I mean, I feel bad emotions, but I also just, it's like a net zero. I'm just like, I don't really, you're not doing anything for me. I don't feel it, and I hate it, <laughs> but Hari Neff is here, so that's fine, and I'm happy about it, and that's great. So it seems like you're the only one in this world who knows who Hari Neff is. Aside that from is herself. not true. <laughs> That's not true. She's like very famous. Okay, so then maybe she it's was just a very me. famous model, and now she's doing acting, so she doesn't have a lot of acting credits. Okay, but so, for like years, she was a very famous model. Okay, so we do have a new, like a new actress to the show for this mm. episode, Hari Neff, um, who I'm excited to talk about because she plays Blythe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Blythe. Um, who is just, I, I think we've talked about this Twitter account before, but, like, the guy in your MFA. Um, Literally. She is the physical embodiment of, yeah. like, the girl in your MFA. Yes, 100%. <clears throat> so, uh, it's, she's kind of like a, a common through line through kind of the back half of this episode, and it's just, yikes my gikes. Yeah, we see a lot more of Joe sleuthing and trying to be a, <laughs> trying to be a true crime boy. But <laughs> okay, yeah. So that is what I wanted to talk about. So right off, yeah. right off the bat, when this episode starts, the first thing that I wrote down in my notes is they make New York look like it smells nice. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm not. I haven't been to New York. I'm going to New York next month, but I just already know. That New York doesn't smell the way that this show makes it look like it smells. <laughs> I just know. And so yeah. I don't understand who they're trying to kid here. Yeah. The beginning of this episode starts off with them being in that, like, I wouldn't even call it the honeymoon stage of dating. Because they're not even, like, a couple yet. They're no. just, they've been on, like, half a date so far. Yeah, they're just feeling it out. <laughs> right, but they're they're doing the thing of like, let's talk about your favorite movies, let's talk about your ex, and kind of teeter around these answers and still make them cute and pretty. Mm -hmm. um, the, while, <laughs> while they're trying to do this, though, um, Joe's like, cool, 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 great, I love it. Gonna go take care of the body in my basement, though. Where he literally says, in his brain anyways, how exactly does one get rid of a body? Uh, Joe. Joe? Joe. <laughs> Joe. Maybe you should have thought about this before you killed someone. <laughs> Legit. He does have the forethought to be like, well, I know I shouldn't Google it. <laughs> I could do it on an incognito window, but, like, I shouldn't Google it. I'm just gonna hold restraint. <laughs> could have someone else Google it for me, but, like, I probably shouldn't Google it. One thing that I love that's just, like, such a minor moment in the show is when Ethan is like, hey, Joe, 
I really want to switch up the music in here right now. <laughs> Can I play some Enrique Iglesias? The best part of this episode for me. He's so bad of a character, but also very good. I love him so much. Yeah. Um, he's great. He's like, you know what? Fuck you, Ethan. I'm just, I got things to do. Okay. <laughs> the, the types of music that he throws up, though, he's like, can I play rap? Can I play trap? And I'm like, hold on. What? What? <laughs> Whoa. Do you know where you are, Ethan? <laughs> this is a very cool bookstore. <laughs> this is a very, very interesting space. Man, we got a little beep in this bookstore. What is happening? <laughs> Who's curating this playlist? Especially because later on in this episode, it shows Joe reading to kids. Um, yeah. Could you so- <laughs> Just waiting for the fucking bass to drop on Just like a soft. (laughs) Just a really low volume trap music at all times. I respect it. One of the things he also mentions too when he's talking about like murdering and getting like disposing of Benji's body. Mm -hmm. Is he's like very opposed to dental records for some reason. And so mm. there's a part where they don't go through with it, but they talk like they show Joe about to fucking like smash Ben yeah, <laughs> smash Benji's mouth with a fucking mallet. And I'm like, "Yo, is this show about to get like really dark?" And then they don't cuz he goes and pukes in a trash can. Um, but they like almost went there. They tease it so much. Wow, the show really is about edging. Um, yeah, listen. <laughs> okay, and so then that is where they introduce Blythe. And, uh, wow. My light, the love of my life. She she definitely gives off Rosalie Hale vibes, is what I'll say. Yes. Um, at least, like, this character, Blythe does. <laughs> Her introduction, too, um, because... One of the things is Beck goes in to, like, meet her new professor that she's TAing for. Because blackmail worked. Because apparently, yep, apparently the blackmail Me too worked. is still alive. Yep. Thriving. <laughs> Am I right, ladies? Um, <laughs> right. So she goes in to meet the new professor, and she meets Blythe instead. Like, she's complimenting Blythe's work, the fact that she shared it on Twitter, and Blythe's like, um... Fuck social media, actually. Um, it's the worst thing to happen to America. Um, Maybe Blythe should date Joe. Listen. Maybe that's the, the pairing. Maybe she could kill him. Um, and that would be a really okay, good twist I'm in. to that. I'm in. What I love about this conversation that they have is she, Blythe assumes she knows where <laughs> Beck is from based on that <laughs> one comment about social media. She's like, You're from Jersey, right? <laughs> It's like, what? Oh my god. Excuse me, I'm from Nantucket, actually. But, okay. Close, I guess. The best part of this conversation is when Beck is like, so where are you from, Blake? Oh my god. Oh my god. Well, it's hard to pinpoint, you know? Yeah. I was born in Papua New Guinea. My dad traveled a lot. I was in Tokyo to model because my hair is super unique. It was, and she's saying it. I don't even know how to describe Hari Neff's voice if you aren't Mm -hmm. watching you with us. But it's very much a, like, she knows way more than you Mm -hmm. will ever, ever. And she's not afraid to tell you. 
Yeah. And it's also, like, still incredibly deadpan, and it's amazing. Yes. It's so good. It's very good. So that happens. So she's with her friends at this time. Beckett goes out with her friends where they're talking about their dick pic collection. <laughs> Which is amazing. It's wow. very good. Um, <laughs> at this, oh, while we're talking about music choices. Please. During this scene... And they're at, like, a, that, like, bar that they go to all the time. And it's just, like, people are, it's popping, people are drinking, it's great. It's just, like, a regular bar. Or, like, a fancy New York bar, but it's, like, a, a casual bar. And they're playing a song by Always, which, like, if you're unfamiliar, is a very, like, dreamy, soft pop, like, alt-pop band from Ireland. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's such a fucking twist of a mood <laughs> from just, like... Getting drinks with my girls, talking about big dick pics, and it's like this soft, like, I love you. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense when you're watching it. It seems so out of place. So I'm glad that you brought this up, actually, because I wanted to talk about the composer on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, his name is Blake Neely. And Blake actually works, he's done things very much like CW things, so like the Arrow and like the Flash and stuff, Um, but currently he's a Riverdale boy. Sure. So when I was, when I was listening to this music too, I got, it gave me like a very certain vibe and so I looked up who it was and I was like, oh, okay, like Riverdale makes sense. Yeah. I haven't even watched Riverdale, but, like, it gives me, that vibe <laughs> makes sense to me. Yeah, yes. And so, If I you get. was more, like, neon lights and, like, teen murderers, then it would be... <laughs> and also, from what I've heard, like, if you was more vaguely incestual... Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> haven't watched it. Don't know if I want to. Listen, we all have our problematic faves. Listen. I mean, I just <laughs> finished I just finished watching The Umbrella Academy, so listen. I'm there. Listen. Okay. So while they're out there looking at the album of dick pics, where, um, not Annika, but her other friend. Goddamn. I don't either. I, she doesn't seem like she's going to be in the show a lot, unfortunately. None of these characters are important to us at this point in time. No, <laughs> it's... not trying to make them important. Side friend two. Side friend number yes. two. Yeah. Um, mentions that she has, like, 400, like, 200 or 400 <laughs> something in there. Um, and during this... Con- in, like, different albums. Yes! Like, separated by category. <laughs> I respect it. It's very good. One of the things that Beck, like, subtly... Well, not so subtly, but, like, just casually brings up is the fact that she had sex with another guy. That she was, quote, knee-deep, I think, with someone, is what she said. Uh-huh. And, of course, Joe is at this bar, right? That's how we find out about it. And he's just, like, listening to the conversation. And he clutches his pearls, like, Beck, <laughs> the love of my life, my angel, my pure virgin, who he's watched have sex. Uh-huh. How dare she have sex with another man? Well, th- she's seen me. Yes. I thought I got rid of all the problems, Beck. Literally. I killed that other dude, Beck. <laughs> Can't she see? So it's not even a montage. Like, she goes home, I think, with a new guy at yeah. that bar. And so he's... With the greatest line. Because <laughs> he's the bartender. And he goes up to her, or like, he gives her his drink, and he's like, I like your tattoo. And she's like, I don't have a tattoo. And then immediately cuts to the having sex. It was so good. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I just want to know what led up to that. What happened yeah. after that? 
Who knows? Who knows? Maybe nothing. Maybe it's just like that, um, the trailer for that new romance movie that came out, um, isn't it romantic or something where it's nothing like they talked and then they immediately are having sex. Like it's not, there's just an immediate jump cut in real life. Movie magic, baby. Exactly. Now Joe is literally outside and he says in his mind, he's like, but Beck, I can't get rid of every guy in New York. Like, this can't, can't keep happening. <laughs> I'm not good at murder. <laughs> I'm so bad at murder. I still have a decaying body in my fucking book room. <laughs> I'm so bad at murder that I used my typewriter to type up a list of murder supplies and give oh it to God. a 12-year-old child to do for me. Poor fucking Paco is just trying to, like, get a sandwich every now and then from his good neighbor Joe, and Joe is fucking harpooning him into this murder scheme. It's just awful. It's like, hey, I got some errands to run. Would you like to do that for me? I'm so busy, Paco, but I'll get you, like, a book and it'll be super chill. Can you get me everything you need to dispose of a body? <laughs> Can you also get the heart of Snow White while you're out? Yeah. Paco's just like, wait a goddamn minute. Like, like hold on. <laughs> I don't know. I really like the Three Musketeers. So <laughs> really? See, and when he was talking about that, all I could imagine was our conversation from last week. So he's reading The Three Musketeers, but it's actually just a book jacket, and he's actually reading Twilight underneath. <laughs> of course. That's my head kid. It's like, I can't let Joe know that I like this, these cool books. <laughs> exactly. I Yeah, that seemed wild to me, that he was completely okay with just letting a child be like, yeah, no big deal. I'll just let a child go and grab these supplies. Nobody will think the wiser of it. Yeah. Um, now, in the process of Beck having sex with that bartender, she, like, broke her bed, which, damn. Um, It was so aggressive. (laughs) It was so aggressive, and also, like, I think it's supposed to be, like, hot, but also, like, is that dude gonna pay for your bed? Like, Right, that shit's expensive. That was a nice bed. (laughs) Yeah, that wasn't an Ikea bed. That was, like, a wooden bed. It was, like, a thick frame. Yeah, exactly. God. Since Joe saw it, of course he texts her and is like, do you want to go shopping? I need a side table, aka I just want to hang out with you. And he Can pay- you <sighs> imagine getting a text from someone you're like kind of flirting with? They'd be like, hey, want to go furniture shopping with me? Low key. We spent two days together. I would love that. Let's get horny in the furniture store. <laughs> I mean, if someone took me to a great a crate and barrel, Cody, okay. I wouldn't yeah, be able no, to control I get myself. It. I get it. You know I get wet around storage containers. Listen, contain like if it was like a container store or something about getting that, I get it. I get it. If it's just like, hey, I need a table. Want to come with? (laughs) Yeah, that's just a bananas text out of context. Yeah, they looked like they were at some sort of like restoration hardware or some shit. It like wasn't a furniture store. (laughs) She looked at like three glass cups and was and then there was a, a room of beds yeah. and that was it <laughs> the weird thing about it too and I guess I don't I don't know New York so I guess I I don't have much to speak on but one Joe picks her up in a car which mm-hmm. and it's not just any car it's this gorgeous red Buick skyline and it's just like all right 
Okay. Like, I get it. Um, <laughs> so it's like, all right, so red's the thing today. Because then they go into that store and she, Beck has this, like, sense memory to a red ladle. This, like, most generic red ladle possible. <laughs> She's like, oh my god, they have these here? <laughs> what? <laughs> this place just sells ladles? I don't understand. What are the odds? <laughs> Kidman. I've been looking my whole life. <laughs> I didn't know how to go on Amazon and just search red ladle. I don't know how to Google. <laughs> I know how to Instagram, but I don't know how to Google. Um, and then in the process of this, Joe's like, I need to get my woman back. I need to show her that <laughs> I'm spontaneous. So he just tries to like go down on her. In, in this... the middle of this furniture store, behind one of those, like, dividers, like, room dividers. And at first she's into it, and then she's like, what the fuck? Hold on, we're trying to find me in this furniture store. You're in public, sir. Sir, fucking keep it in your pants. Yeah, I think, and he gets, like, kind of... I mean, as usual with Joe, he gets very, like, pissy about it. And it's like, dude, this isn't porn. Like, you can't just... Have sex in a store. No. That's gross. And also inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. People work there. Who's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> gotta clean that shit up? Those people are making, like, minimum wage, if not, like, a little bit above. They do not deserve yeah. that. No. You want some mid, like, minimum wage person named Jeremy to be like, excuse me, sir, can you take your penis out of that woman? I need to clean up your mess. <laughs> Can you take your penis out of that What do you imagine that he's... Sir, sir, I don't get paid overtime. Can we just wrap it up? I gotta close. I gotta do. He's just standing behind the register, like, tapping his fingers, really passive-aggressively. Like, are you... Hey, hey, are you done yet? This doesn't like, need to be a sensual experience. <laughs> <laughs> He's playing like the most like unsexy music on the <laughs> over the sound speaker <laughs> just to try and wrap this shit up. Hmm. Oh my god. What's the most unsexy music in that moment? What is that? Oh god. The song I was thinking of, if I'm being honest, <laughs> is it's got to be something from Nickelback, right? Like, that's the least sexy song. <laughs> Look at song. this photograph. <laughs> it's just the Nickelback Greatest Hits album. He puts it on shuffle. <laughs> There's no way Nickelback had a Greatest Hits album, No, right? no, absolutely no not. No, no, I imagine, like, that has to be something. Or just one of, like... Mandy Moore's early hits where she's like very soft and sad. Like that's sure, not that's yeah. not sexy shit. That's just like That's not the mood. No. No. That's just stuff you belt out in the shower, sad. <laughs> okay. So, after their like little whisper fight about this, um she still buys something and you might be wondering with what money? Great question. Great question, <laughs> listener. I have no idea. <laughs> It seems like she buys a bed, because all the beds they looked at were wooden frames. That shit costs money. Yeah. Money. 
not <laughs> that's not that's not like ikea furniture that no. that's just no. a lot <laughs> anyways um oh my god also when they're shopping too um she's like oh i can't decide between the king or the oh, queen yeah. and he's like oh well your room is too small for a king and she's like yeah you're right wait <laughs> hold on <laughs> <laughs> how do you know that and then he's like uh, every apartment in New York is too small for a king-size bed. All right, smooth man. Nice save. The fact that she was even thinking about a king. Like, where else, yeah. when you move, Who where are you going to put that? Yeah. You're going to have yeah. to cut your mattress apart. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's not going to work. No. He takes her furniture and, like, they stop hanging out because what happens is... Ethan calls. The power's gone out at the store. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And the reason why it's gone out is that Joe used, like, six humidifiers and the AC (laughs) to try to keep Benji's body from decaying so fast. And all, like, oh, whoa, the power went out. (laughs) (laughs) What? Yeah. And so he's like, oh, shit, Beck, uh, Got a blast, and then just like leaves the car there and runs away. <laughs> like, runs back to the store. Just scurries. And what I find terrifying about his logic in this whole thing is that after that, he just puts Benji in his, the trunk of his car for the rest of the day. You know. That's very subtle and good. Where dead and bodies how you go. Do a murder. <laughs> yep. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. <laughs> Listen, I've seen enough SVU to know that that's how you do a murder. Yep. I have watched enough Criminal Minds that the first place they won't look is your (laughs) trunk. (laughs) Especially when there's the smell of death coming off of it like little green waves. Beck asks Joe to come back over to now assemble her bed. Um, Which, mood. (laughs) Yeah, I get it. Um... And we find out the, like, actual story about the red ladle because apparently Benji had said it was about sex stuff. I don't remember that. I don't that. remember that. But um, I think that was in his tirade that was like, Beck sucks, why? You don't know the real Beck. She wants to fuck a ladle or something. <laughs> <laughs> she puts her boob in the ladle. <laughs> Just a nice little cup. <laughs> Listen, imagine that as a bra. Like, that would take so much support. Listen, all right, hold on. All right. Convincing myself of something. Um, Just two ladles. (laughs) Imagine when he opened the door later on. She wasn't wearing that red bra. It was just a ladle. Oh, my God. It's too late. On her tits. Listen, when you hey. listen, when you think about sex, folks, it's really just two ladles rubbing against each other. That's really all it is. That's sex. Welcome to sex ed. Hi, folks. I'm your health teacher. This is how sex works. Our district wouldn't let us allow to use dildos in school, so we're going to use ladles today. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, now, they do start to be, like, make-out time, but our lovely friend of the show, Peach, shows up. Hell yeah. And is like, hey, I'm dying, low-key. Um, and I had to look up the condition that they mention that she has, because um, I didn't know what it was. It's like a bladder condition. Uh-huh. But she has this, like, major bladder condition that causes her to only drink 
like really, I don't know, fancy liquids, I guess is the best way to put it. Sure. Um, and then Joe's like, hey, Peach, you remember when you had those Jaeger shots, like, <laughs> yesterday? <laughs> Anyways. They go Fuck to you, the- Joseph. <laughs> yes. Oh, Joseph. Um, he attempts to, like, drive them to the hospital with a dead body in, in the, the tr- car. <laughs> with the dead body in the trunk. <laughs> to the point where Peach is like, Joseph... Joseph, can you crack a window? Joseph, it smells like ass back here. Joseph. <laughs> Joseph, there's a body rotting in the back back here. Joseph, when was the last time you cleaned this car? Joseph. <laughs> All the windows are rolled down. And she's like, I cannot be in this car anymore. I just love that his... I'm res- just gonna run. <laughs> Legit, she just like fucking dips out of the car. I love that his response though was like, just those are the smells of the city, baby. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, New York, am I right, bitch? <laughs> Definitely not a dead body. <laughs> just the the big apple, you know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? The big asshole, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh my god. Um <laughs> Anyways, Paige is fine. Um, as soon as she, like, takes what seems to be just, like, a swig of Pepto, um, she's fine. And then decides to dunk on Joseph to Beck and is like, he's too poor for you. <laughs> he, <laughs> he's such a flex. He has a car in New York, but he's too poor for you. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> Which, she keeps being like, alright, Joe's nice, but, um... He works in a bookstore, and you're also dirt fucking broke. <laughs> you need someone with money to take care of you. And she's like, yeah, okay, but Joe's cute. Joe, a uh, Joe can, Joe can fuck. And Peach is like, Joe knows how to read, so. And Peach is cool. just like pointing fingers at herself, like, you need someone with money. <laughs> I, you know, I'm not going to name any names here, but someone who can support you financially and also also emotionally (laughs) and also sexually (laughs) and someone that's name doesn't sound like Joseph. Um, Yeah. Think of a fruit, maybe. Right. Exactly. Maybe a fruit. (laughs) And she's like, holy shit. Fiona Apple. God a blast. By <laughs> <laughs> calling. Um, anyways, then we cut to Joe. He's apparently taken care of the teeth at some point because now he's just in the middle of some forest, just fucking burning Benji's body. Just super casual. Um, there's this like couple who's just <laughs> also in the forest and they're like, oh wow, that's a pretty big bonfire you got over there. And Joe's like, yeah, uh, do you want to come and see it and hang out? And they're just, and he's like, please, I know, please, I know, please, I know, please, I know. There's a dead body. Do you want to, uh, kick a hacky sack around and, uh, fuck a little bit? (laughs) Yeah, I want to throw some fucking pigskin or whatever. (laughs) Crack open a brisky. like hell yeah let's go and he's like shit and the guy's <laughs> like, like oh but it's like super late so i guess we should get back have a good one though have a great bonfire 
Um, what I love about this is that while he's trying to burn Benji's body, he's also talking to Beck on the phone. Like, he yeah. answers Beck's call. <laughs> which just I guess, leave like, it, Send it to voicemail. <laughs> true. I mean, good for his alibi, but also he just gets start, he starts getting really panicked and just fucking says a lot of shit to her that I don't think he meant to. <laughs> no. Um, which results. It's like he monologued to yes. her. Yes. Exactly. Um, I love that. Um, like, he just fucking drags her for, like, <laughs> her friends and, like, hanging out and not caring about her degree. And she's just like, that's not what I was calling you for, but <laughs> how? I called if you wanted to hang out, but, like, God, yeah. all right. Oh, Jesus. Gosh. When Joe finally comes to you after burning Benji's body, uh, <laughs> he realizes that, like, what all the shit he said to Beck and then of course Beck is like um I'm just gonna ignore all your calls and like do me for a hot second yeah but her version of doing me is like not doing her homework (laughs) um because she shows up like halfway through her next class with essentially nothing written and the whole like big thing about it was that her and Blythe were supposed to, like, have their critiques that day or whatever, and Blythe is obviously poised as this, like, very talented writer that she's obsessed with, and, like, she has nothing. <laughs> no, like, absolutely nothing. Nothing. To the point where her peers are absolutely against reading it and giving her feedback in the moment. They mm-hmm. all are like, oh, we have to read this away from you and come into the feedback then. I have to stew on my... <laughs> feelings and my thoughts i can't just come up with something so much so that blythe says that if she reads it in front of beck she has a quote facial autism thing (sighs) and i was like all right that's i don't even know what you're talking about there but you can show (laughs) but it's all wrong (laughs) but it's it's awful what are we doing i imagine that beck just ignored Joe's calls for a couple days because she finally goes to the bookstore. Mm-hmm. And this is like one of my favorite scenes of Bex because Joe comes down with a blanket for God knows what reason. Um, and we just see the back, like the side profile of Beck. Um, and you see her like talking or at least like seemingly talking, but without words. And she's like, saying something in her head and what it seems to be is that she's like preparing to have this conversation with joe which is very relatable and so she finally has this conversation she's like all right i you didn't need to say all that shit to me it was fair but you didn't need to and did it help maybe but you still didn't need to say it so also we've known each other for a few days you don't have to fucking grill me that hard and the weird thing about that is she's like She's, they've known each other for just a couple of days at this point. And she's like, I've never even seen my friends. I've never seen your apartment. I know nothing about you. And it's like, it's been, it's been like a day. Will you chill? Yeah. <laughs> Ma'am. I don't know what you're expecting here. Um, and so finally Joe's like, oh, you want to know about me? You want to know about me? <laughs> Let me tell you something about me. And he takes her. Let me her- show you my good books. Let me show you that definitely my... don't smell like murder. <laughs> Let me show you my red room uh, that has murder books in it. <laughs> murder books. <laughs> well, 
I mean, what else are they? And so he no, takes murder books for sure. So he's like, Beck, come down to the basement with me. And she trusts him. <laughs> Don't hey. This isn't a true crime podcast, but just so you all are aware, don't go into basements, ever, in general. No. But definitely don't go down into basements with a guy who's like, you don't know anything about me, but you want to know something about me? Come down into this basement. Definitely not going to murder you in here. Definitely not going to, yeah, you're, no, absolutely no, no, not. No. And he does the whole thing of like, these books, yeah, they're, Way more worthy than the people I know here. Yeah, fuck you, Joe. Um, last things I would say of note is that there's another conversation between Peach and Beck. Peach notices that one of her books is missing um, from the party the night before. Mm-hmm. And then the end of this episode, which is very good, is Beck texting Joe to come over. She's in, like, she just sent a photo of her in a red bra. So Joe, at some point, stops by, like, a bodega or whatever, gets pancake batter, and is like, yeah. all right, I'm in a, this girl I know has a really bad story about addiction with her father and pancakes, so I'm gonna do a good thing. She just wants someone to make pancakes for her. She gets there, opens the door, just in a bra, um, and it's like, I don't want pancakes right now. I want to fuck you. Uh, <laughs> and the and <laughs> when they start to have sex. <laughs> so what you can imagine is like they start to have sex, a.k.a. they start to have penetration because this is a lifetime yeah. show. Right. And like right away, Joe comes. Yeah, like instantaneously. Like instantly and it's (laughs) I'm so glad they went with that because that's what I was think I mean I was hoping was gonna happen because like he's been obsessing and stalking this girl for so long and has had these like unrealistic expectations set upon her and like a relationship between them and the fact that when they have sex finally he just totally whiffs it right and that's really funny for me personally. I love it. And the the episode literally just ends with her looking up at him like, did you just? And then it ends. <laughs> Roll credits. <laughs> and it's so perfect. Good. Hang it in the MoMA. It's perfect. It's, I love, I love it a lot. Yeah. Um, it's very good. So I'm very curious to see how they're going to deal with that, like the aftermath of that. And also, you know, dead bodies and stuff. Yeah. Um, next week, where we're watching episode four, which is very good. Uh, We have, Cody, I'm so excited to tell you this. We have a lot of names to say today. Let's go. Do we want to do Reductress, question mark? We have our good old Reductress here to talk about uh, some of our lovely patrons. So first of all is our new friend of the family, new patron, Alex Blythe. And Alex, I don't know a lot about you, (laughs) but I do know, I do know this, and I know that your Reductress article, I can just feel it in my soul, and, (laughs) um, and I think it's this. I think it's about parents, and then this is a news article from Reductress that says, parents unsure of how daughter is doing without GPA to reference. (laughs) 
Amazing. Shout out to Marie Mooney. Bow, bow, bow. Boo, boo, boo. Who's gonna be, wow, this woman drinks eight glasses of water a day, but pees out 30. Okay, me. <laughs> <laughs> me as hell. Um, yeah. I would love to take a moment to appreciate Sophia Salinger. Woo. Who Ow. is great. Ooh. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, who's going to be easy tips for applying eyeliner perfectly on one eye and fucking up the other. <laughs> Which is also a mood. Yeah, a huge mood. Shout out to Taylor Browntown Lautner. <laughs> who's gonna be... Choose wisely. Is she your new best friend? Or is she just wearing overalls with confidence? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That was good. That was some good shit. <laughs> um, all right. Shout out to Katie Weber. Um, uh, and I'm, oh, this one's very good. Um, uh-oh. Mom drops sexy into the family group chat. <laughs> Shout out to Simon Steele. Who's going to be skincare revolution leads to violent skincare dictatorship. Damn. Same. Yeah. Is that a, f- now... That straight up looks like a photo of yogurt. That's all I have to say. Yeah, that definitely looks like yogurt. That looks like yogurt to me. Um, so I have a fan fiction for you this week. This fan fiction oh, yeah. was sent in, and I know you're going to be shocked. Um, it's a fan fiction that was sent in by Taylor Brown Tom Lauder. Than the what? Rates. I know. Um, and this is titled La Soiree. It was written by Far Beyond the Ice, and I want you to keep this in mind when I, as I'm reading this, um, that this was published on January 28th of 2012, so okay. almost seven years ago. Holy okay. shit. Over seven years ago. Oh, my God. Um, this is what the kids like to say, a Gossip Girl and Twilight crossover. Here's a summary. Oh, gosh. It all came down to that one moment in time when both of them decided that they felt like coffee from that quaint little coffee shop on the corner. But what happens when they meet? How will the UES view this new Brooklyn edition on the arm of an old one? I have no idea what UES is, but something about Gossip Girl, I imagine. I think it's the Upper East Side. Holy shit! Gossip Girl takes place. Damn. I'm, like, so cultured. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Um, okay, so this is from halfway through the first chapter here. Hi. She stuck out her hand. I'm Bella. I noticed you staring, and I thought I'd come introduce myself. She was teasing him now. He was dumbstruck for a second before regaining his wits. I'm Dan, and believe it or not, I wasn't staring, he replied, and then looked down at the book in her hand, the scarlet letter. Come, sit and maybe we can discuss your interest in the works of Nathaniel Hawthorne. He pointed at the book. Her cheeks were almost instantly covered in the beautiful pale pink blush that he admired openly. They began talking about their love for classics, something that he had shared with Blair and she with her ex. But she had said that whilst a lot of the stories were notable and well-written, that she didn't enjoy all classics. She also mentioned her considerable love for the Harry Potter book series, one he had read a few times too. They talked on various subjects for over an hour, and when he found out her age... 
22, the same as himself, he asked her which university she was going to. He only asked this because she had mentioned she was taking a linguistics course for the base of a diploma so she could enter into a career of neuroscience and dialect coaching. Oh, she smiled, I go to NYU. I love it there, but some girls there are so judging if I don't wear the right thing to the right class, given they're only in my English and maths. Well, okay. Um, but still, <laughs> where I come from, it didn't really matter. I dress the way I want. She paused. Uh, I should shut up and stop rambling. He smiled and laughed, teasing her for a few seconds before he responded with, It's okay. And I know that type of girl. I've known her for a long time. And seen. Wow. So apparently this Dan Humphrey boy and Bella <laughs> okay. are gonna do a little looky-looky. Do, do a little... Okay. <laughs> do a little... <laughs> do a little ladling, you know what I mean? Oh my god. <laughs> do a little coming instantaneously, you know what I mean? Am I right, ladies? <laughs> Am I right, ladies? <laughs> oh god, as I say Seattle. <laughs> get whipped. Oh, get whipped. Woo! This is an Earbud Media production. You can find us on Twitter at Earbud Media and listen to the rest of our shows. You can find this show on Twitter at Into the Twilight, as well as Into the Twilight.show. You can send us an email at Into the Twilight Show at gmail.com. You can also become a sponsor of the show or buy some merch at Into the Twilight.bigcartel.com. Our art is done by Maddie Padilla, who you can find at Your Ghost Toast 44 on Instagram, and our music is done by Eli Krauss, you can find at Eli Sauerkraus and Krausfilms.com. The intro and outro is by KB Smith, you can find at kb underscore underscore smith on twitter you can find ali on twitter at into wild places and you can find me at dyke discourse you've been listening to earbud media production earbud media audio for everyone